Our JobKeeper warrior is here. Treasurer referred to the uh, report that his department did in the middle of last year and uh, that showed pretty clearly 15% of the money was going to firms with rising revenues. Yeah, Andrew Lee, good morning to you, mate. Good morning, Marcus. Terrific to be with you. Yep. Uh, what is it about privatisation that doesn't work? Just on a, uh, a tangent there. Well, a lot of assets are natural monopolies, Marcus, and so uh, they're going to enjoy enjoy very high rate of return. So, for example, if we're to privatise the water supply, the electricity grid, you've only got one one company supplying it, and if you don't keep them in check, they'll ratchet up the prices way too high. A little like tolls. A little like tolls here in Sydney. There is a virtual monopoly on tolls here in Sydney, and that's why for the next 20, 30, 40 years, we'll be paying an absolute fortune for the privilege of travelling around this city. Yeah, that's right. And the worst of the toll road privatisations have been, been those where consumers don't have choices, where you've got one road to drive down. And so what you end up with is a government striking a deal with the roads built without any immediate cost to the taxpayers that people pay over the next couple of decades by paying overpriced tolls. Yep. All right, mate. Um, how, are, how are we travelling on the, the JobKeeper front? Are you still making these people pay um, you know, money that they owe Australian taxpayers? Well, not according to the Treasurer, of course, but you know, surely some sort of corporate conscience comes into play. Are we, are we slowly clawing back some more money? The uh, flood seems to have slowed to a trickle now, Marcus. And yeah. There's been, there's been uh, more revelations about uh, companies that are uh, getting it, but fewer about companies that are paying it back. So we found out about Louis Vuitton, uh, the uh, luxury, maker of uh, luxury products, uh, receiving JobKeeper, which went overseas to their owner, who was at one stage this year the richest man in the world. So that's your taxes at work, JobKeeper money, going mm. into, into the pockets of one of the richest people in the world. Uh, and we've seen uh, considerable JobKeeper going off to car companies, which have uh, done very well. As we know, many people have uh, used uh, the last couple of years to buy a, buy a new vehicle. It's very clear that many of these car companies didn't need the money and that the money ended up going into the pockets of shareholders rather yeah. than workers. Yep. All right. Now, last week, mate, you had hearings with the big bank CEOs. Uh, they are worried about the risk of rising house prices for both affordability and financial stability, in particular here in Sydney. Yeah, it was interesting to hear uh, Matt Cummins, the head of the Commonwealth Bank, the biggest bank in Australia, talking about his concerns of the fragility of the market uh, and the possibility that if interest rates rise, that many people could quickly find themselves underwater. Uh, and the challenge for that, of course, is uh, is also one of the, the the rise in prices just putting houses out of reach of young young Australians. Uh, you know, we've got uh, the lowest uh, home ownership rate we've had in 60 years, and probably the new figures from the census will show that it's fallen, fallen further still from the last census, uh, which means we need fairly tailored measures. So I was talking about Matt, with Matt Coman about what sort of measures the government might put in place which would uh, check the growth of investor loans without, crowding first, without preventing first homeowners from getting into the market. Yeah, it's a worry, absolutely, going forward. How on earth is anybody going to, uh, certainly a first homeowner, uh, be able to afford to live in, in some of our biggest cities? Uh, the, the prices are now way out of reach. Uh, yeah, do you want to... Uh, look, let's move on to something else here. Uh, the big story seems to be at the moment uh, in federal politics uh, of the infighting, if you like, uh, between the Liberals and Nationals over... Uh, some sort of target on climate change. It's extraordinary, Marcus. Uh, you know, the government uh, is heading towards a major 
international climate conference at the end of next month and, yeah. and promising that they're going to do something about it. And, you know, let me, let me use one of my uh, running metaphors. I uh, uh, did my hill session this morning where I go to the tallest hill in, the, in, in Canberra and find the steepest bit of it and run up and down <laughs> it for a while. Uh, and it's not a session that you would just get out of bed and do one morning because you felt like it. You, yeah. you train up to it. Of course. Uh, but this, this is a government which has been sitting on the couch, eating chips and donuts for the last eight years, uh, and now think they're going to turn up to the International Mountain Running Championships, uh, where other countries have been investing in renewables, making the, the challenging choices uh, to set their countries up for a clean energy future. Uh, the Morrison government has been demonising renewables. We've seen thousands of renewables jobs go, uh, and they've still got the same climate targets as Tony Abbott, the man who said that climate change was absolute crap. Now, this is, this is, there is a climate of division within the coalition uh, and an unwillingness to take the decisions that will ensure that Australia gets more of these clean energy jobs. Just on that, um, what concerns me, because uh, I have arguments all the time with people saying, oh, you know, that, that follow the, um, I guess, the Tony Abbott train of thought that climate change is all just a load of crap and, you know, if we follow down that track, we'll be throwing good money away? Uh, what about our fossil fuel industry? What about mining jobs? You know, what about looking after the likes of Matt Canavan's constituents <laughs> and all that sort of stuff? Uh, they say it's a load of crap, but it obviously isn't if all of the biggest countries in the world, including many of our allies, the United States, the United Kingdom and many others, are signing up to agreements, you know, for zero emissions or whatever it might be by the year 2050, but inextricably, you know, our economic well-being is tied to trading with these nations. A lot of nations around the world will simply go, well, we're not going to deal with Australia because they don't tackle climate change seriously. So this is what people, I think, are, are missing in the whole discussion about climate change. We can't be self-reliant here in Australia. We need to rely on overseas markets, whether it's European markets, whether it's American markets or whatever. We can't just rely on China. Uh, I mean, we know how, how China are on climate change. But... You know, what people miss, sorry, Andrew, is the, the idea that economically we have no choice but to sign up to these targets. Otherwise, we will be left behind. People just won't want to do business with Australia. They'll see us as the, um, I don't know, the, the, the elephant in the China shop that's ruining, ruining everything. Yeah, Net Zero has been signed up to by every state and territory and every major business peak in Australia. So it's bizarre that the federal government is still unwilling to sign up to it because the national party tail is still wagging the Liberal Party dog. Uh, but it's, it's so clear that uh, if we don't do, don't do something about this, we could face uh, carbon tariffs from Europe. And you imagine after the way in which they handled the uh, submarine debacle, uh, the French uh, are not going to be holding back on, the, on a question as to whether to impose carbon tariffs on Australia. Uh, that's what you get if you drag behind the rest of the world, uh, refusing to, a to act on climate change. And that's how but serious it is. Yeah, yeah. But what you get if you act on it is you get the, all these clean energy jobs. So, you know, you think right. about Labor's policy for community batteries. We'd, we'd spend $200 million uh, supporting community batteries, uh, which allow the, the one in four households that have rooftop solar 
to then be able to draw on a community battery to drive your power bills down even lower. Uh, we'd like to see better support for the electric vehicle industry. You look at Britain, one in 10 vehicles sold last year were electric. In Australia, it's just one in 100. Yeah. Uh, Norway's, Norway's got three quarters of the new vehicles being electric. So there's huge benefits if we move to electric vehicles because uh, the running costs are about a third of what you get with a petrol, petrol vehicle. So again, you're dealing with climate change and, yeah. and saving money at the same time. All right. Well, uh, the problem, of course, will be the dinosaurs that still exist, uh, particularly in the nationals, uh, whether it's Mac Canavan or whether it's Barnaby Joyce and others who simply are tied inextricably to uh, the fossil fuel industry. Um, they are concerned that if they, you know, perhaps go along with this so-called con, uh, that they'll be voted out of office and they're not looking after their constituents. But the, <laughs> nothing could be further than the truth. That's right. You look at uh, an honourable bloke like Darren Chester, who's finally decided he needs to well, yes. step out of the liberal liberal party, out of the National Party room for a while because of the constant infighting there. Uh, you know, they knocked off Michael McCormack because he was uh, nudging towards maybe accepting net zero emissions by 2050. Uh, and now Barnaby Joyce is uh, is uh, running around trying to work out how he deals with people like uh, Matt Canavan and Bridget McKenzie who are saying that they uh, they haven't signed up to net zero and won't sign up to All right, zero. well, then they can go because otherwise they're going to get in the way of Australia's future. It's as simple as that. They either need to get with the program, stop being dinosaurs and understand... It's for the benefit of the entire country, not just their backyard. They need to get with the times, learn to understand that Australia does need to transition away from traditional fossil fuels because our economic lifeblood for future generations depends on it. Not about the money that will come in from... We're not going to stop coal mining tomorrow, Andrew. You know that. I know that. We're not going to shut it down even within a decade. But we need to trans start transforming our economy to cut back on our emissions, otherwise we'll be left as an economic dinosaur just like this mob are in the Nationals. Yeah, that's right. That's, that's right, Marcos. And it's not a left-right thing. I mean, there's uh, smart conservatives in Germany and uh, Britain and New Zealand uh, who recognised the importance of acting on climate change years ago. Uh, they recognised that we're here for intergenera intergenerational reasons. And yeah. We need to look, at, look after those uh, who will come in the future. You know, uh, so it's, it's a smart choice. I would change the whole concept of it. I wouldn't even call it climate change anymore. I would call it economic change because that's what it is. Um, obviously, it's all tied into the climate, but I think that's what scares a lot of people away, Andrew, is the word climate change. Change it to economic change and, and try and sell the message that if we don't get with the program of, overseas, of, of other major nations overseas will be left behind. It's not about, you know, how much they can make out of it today, tomorrow, or even in the next couple of years. It's about future generations. Some of them, like Barnaby Joyce, Matt Canavan and others, need to stop being so bloody selfish and just thinking about their own interests uh, or their donors' interests and think about the long-term economic stability of Australia. Yeah, that's right, Marcus. And uh, the, the benefits that, uh, that come from this are fantastic. I love uh, Ross Garno's notion of Australia as a clean energy superpower. Uh, the idea that we can uh, make a lot of uh, make a lot more money out of exporting clean energy uh, than we do right now, and so we can be more prosperous uh, and a cleaner environment yes. at the same time. Oh, you know, we can walk and talk at the same time. All right, mate. Uh, it's a big sell. I get that, but uh, it is the way of the future, and we either need to get with it or we'll be uh, falling further and further down the rung. Thank you, Andrew. Thanks, Marcus. All right. Take care, Andrew Lee, MP.